All right, folks, we're uh, live this Friday, mid-morning now. I can't believe time's going by so quick. But anyway, I have a special guest here, uh, Matt Badwin. Uh, so I'm going to let him introduce. But yeah, how we got introduced here, uh, we did uh, Lead the Generation. Uh, and he's involved with uh, Lead the Generation uh, Conference, an amazing uh, people, amazing men of God that came in uh, to do some uh, preaching, teaching, and just influence this generation. And at the end of the uh, end of the talk, actually, I'm going to make a plug for him to uh, to share a little bit about that for you viewers uh, and how he's worked with uh, one of the guys that we've been doing lead the generation with over Zoom uh, is Aaron Holt uh, as well. Uh, so we want to put a plug in for lead the generation in the conference and. Uh, uh, at the end of our show for you viewers. But anyway, I'm going to give Matt an opportunity to introduce himself, and then uh, we are going to have some questions for him. But again, I'm excited for uh, for this uh, chat, uh, this youth chat, and uh, to see. And he's going to be a blessing. I know he's full of passion and encouragement. Just a great dude that I've, uh, I've been uh, having the privilege to get to know through Zoom and through uh, Lead the Generation uh, Zoom chats. Uh, but anyway, uh, go ahead, Matt. Introduce yourself, man. Awesome. So my name is Matt Baldwin. I'm a student ministries pastor here in Burlington, New Jersey. Um, Burlington boy, born and raised. I'm actually a student ministries pastor at my home church where I grew up in. I'm a PK. Um, my dad ministered here for almost 40, I think it was almost 49 years and uh, retired last year. And um, glad to have a, a lineage to, uh, to follow. My dad's a great man. And uh, I love the Lord with all my heart. I'm recently married. I uh, was married last November, uh, right before Thanksgiving. And uh, then went on my honeymoon, came back, and then quarantine hit. So I've been on a honeymoon for about six months. It's been great. <laughs> um, but uh, leading during these times has been a big challenge. Um, th some of the things that I'm passionate about uh, right now is uh, personal fitness and health. I coached soccer for about 10 years. I played soccer my whole mm -hmm. life. Uh, played ever since I could waddle, played in college, then came home to my high school alma mater and uh, coached there, had a great tenure there, uh, saw kids go on to pursue their NCAA careers. I coached at a, a school called Life Center Academy, which is a private school that my church runs, which is called the Fountain of Life Center, and um, love my dog. He's a, he's a rescue dog. He's a fun, uh, mangy mutt, but he's, he's a lot of fun. I love all things Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, uh, which doesn't really go hand in hand with personal fitness, but uh, I work out hard so I can indulge myself with those those things. And I know that uh, Chick-fil-A is Jesus' chicken, right? It's the Lord's chicken. We know that. Uh, but Brian, it is not the Lord's chicken. It is not saved and sanctified until you baptize it in Chick-fil-A sauce. You know, just uh, just... Just throwing that out there. Absolutely. And, uh, I've yeah. also found out that true unending joy comes from a never-ending supply of Chick-fil-A. Uh, and the only way to get that is at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, which is going to be catered by Chick-fil-A. Just got that memo. I don't know if you got that email, but uh, it just, just oh, came through. Cool. I love it. Um, I love it. But I love uh, video games, too. I love playing video games with my students. Um, I love reading books, especially mm -hmm. books about uh, deeper theology or um, maybe kind of uh, off-kilter things that a Christian uh, would go through in their theological journey. Um, I don't read a lot of books on leadership, which is uh, just a personal disclosure. 
Um, the reason why I don't choose to do that is because I'd rather just get around good leaders and, uh, and watch them. Um, sometimes a book can, you know, uh, be so pragmatic that you don't see in it in function, like in real life. Um, so I like to watch good leaders. I'm a watch, I'm a people watcher. Um, I'm a, I'm a people person. I love making connections. I love building bridges, building relationships. And I think that's kind of why me and you, Brian, we just kind of hit it off. We were looking forward to meeting each other at Lead the Gem Conference. Yes. Of course, that got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but we've still been able to develop our relationship through our, uh, our Zoom calls. And uh, proud of you, man. You know, I, you talked me up a good game in the beginning, but, you know, proud of the work that you're doing for your students and the passion that you have for seeing uh, individuals grow. Um, and really get in uh, into the nuts and bolts of, of students' lives. You know, you aren't afraid to get your hands dirty. So if you're listening to this call, um, don't just think that I have all the answers. Brian has all the answers. Uh, so that's why he's leading this talk. I don't have, um, I don't have all, all the answers for you. Guys. <laughs> uh, we're just two men here that want to uh, encourage you guys, whether you're a youth pastor, maybe a, a college, uh, college pastor, yeah, or just maybe a pastor in general or a volunteer. We just want to uh, we want to hear Matt's heart. He has a great heart, a great dude. I like uh, his enthusiasm. His he's a jokester, and uh, you're gonna see that as well. But also, just a side note uh, with lead the generation, how we got to, uh, to meet and stuff. I believe Matt uh, he forgot to say that he was gonna be a chef. Is that right? Well, I wanted to be a chef. I I, I studied culinary arts um, okay. in high school, and uh, I, my my you know, claim the fame was that I was going to be the next Emerald Lagasse. I was going to have my own TV show, but, um, I, uh, the Lord boxed me into a corner on a missions trip okay. um, to Honduras and was like, you're going to Bible school mm -hmm. and, uh, graduated from, uh, Valley Forge Christian college. It's now Valley Forge university. Okay. Uh, it's about 50 minutes away from my home here in uh, Burlington, New Jersey. Um, I forgot to also mention too, that I uh, am a police chaplain. Uh, or two of my local uh, police departments. And uh, that has really shaped my life, uh, Brian, heavily within the last, I want to say, six or seven years. Uh, dealing a lot with um, people in crisis and trauma, uh, do conflict de-escalation, uh, intervening on the behalf of a family during a, a crisis time, do crisis counseling, um, grief counseling. Uh, all the above. I do a lot of work with students who are on what's called suicide watch. Um, and uh, if a student is troubled emotionally, um, they uh, usually call me. I've, I've kind of earned the moniker, the suicide guy in the area. Uh, and that was kind of an unnerving uh, badge to wear, you know, to be seen at 7-Eleven. Oh, you're the suicide guy, right? And it was kind of troubling, you know, I'm just in line to get, you know, you know, Slurpee and, and some of the kids from the, the community, are, uh, you know, you're the suicide guy, right? You show up when people, you know, kill themselves uh, or take their own life. And, and I'm like, uh, I, I guess I am. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. So, but it's a, it's a badge that I've learned to wear with pride because I know that like in those dark moments, you can really minister uh, openly with people because they're hurting. They're, they're willing to, to listen. Um, and what better answer to give them in Jesus Christ, you know, 
Um, and I don't hold that back. You know, obviously I address the emotional and psychological and mental issues that they're dealing with. Uh, but the reason why I do it, you know, is Jesus, man. It's the love of Jesus. And um, usually I take a student through like a year long journey. And um, a lot of the students that I've worked with uh, in those crisis times have either been the friends or close family of young people who have taken their lives. A lot of them have given their lives to Jesus. They're serving the Lord. Uh, they're volunteering in our youth ministry uh, or other church ministries that we have. I mean, it's amazing to see uh, the effectiveness of ministering during crisis times. So I know that was kind of like a side note, but I just yeah. wanted to give that out there because it's, it's really where I minister from just uh, lost people, hurting people, making sure to, to truly minister to them in a lifelong fashion, you know, cause you might not see that instantaneous life change. You might not see that salvation experience, you know, right off the bat, but you know, when you commit to a family lifelong or where you do the funeral for a 16 year old kid or a, I did a funeral for um, a 10 year old boy once who had drowned uh, in the lake that is literally right next door to my house. Um, and uh, when you minister to a family lifelong, you can really see some dramatic results and you can see God do some amazing things. So if you're listening to this, uh, just be willing uh, to get your hands dirty. You know, if you want to see results, if you want to see the kingdom of God grow, uh, put yourself out there, put yourself in scary situations where your faith is going to be tested and where you're not going to know the answers um, and where you're not going to have the confidence in yourself because that's where God shows up, right? Uh, Paul says, in our weaknesses, his strength is perfected. So I'm just so glad that uh, God doesn't desert us in the hard times. He, he proves himself to be faithful, uh, merciful, and good. Amen. That's a great segue, but uh, just uh, want to plug in something here for you guys. If you're just listening and he, he hit it right on the, on the head force right there is that the answer, and he doesn't shy back. He said, is that the answer is, uh, is Jesus. And uh, just real quick, uh, I want to encourage you right here. If you know, you feel lost or hurt or broken, maybe, maybe uh, you might be watching this. You might feel like you're, you want to end your life, but uh, you know, as Matt just said, you know, uh, he addresses the mental aspect of it, but you know what? Jesus is your solution. Jesus is your answer. And we want to encourage you with that uh, today, that Jesus is your answer uh, here today, that he, 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 he doesn't desert you. I like that, what he just said right there. He, he won't desert you or he won't abandon you. And as the word says, you know, he will never leave you nor forsake you. So that's just a real uh, quick segue uh, into our first question, Matt. I think that's real good is uh, during this time, you know, what are you learning during this time? You just, you, you hit, hit on some major, uh, major aspects. I think that was a great segue, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. For sure. And um, I have, I have two thoughts, Brian. Um, yeah, one is something very simple. And I want to share this mm -hmm. um, because I've been a PK, been part of the, the church unit organization, you know, globally for a long time. And, uh, depression struggling with depression anxiety is not a sin okay um and we need to stop as the church demonizing people who struggle with it yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very important um because the church can try to hey we got to pray this evil spirit out of someone when that person has a legitimate chemical imbalance in their life mm -hmm. or traumatic 
issues that they've dealt with lifelong, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's neglect, whatever it is, which is a form of abuse, um, whatever they've went through, right, has, has literally shaped the physiological brain chemistry for them, right? Uh, neuroplasticity, right? It's a weird sounding science term, but it's about the moldability of your brain, right? Your brain is like clay. And every time you go through a traumatic event, it shapes your brain. It shapes the way that your neural connections function and fire. And when you have trauma, your brain loses the ability to process the input. And that's so important for us to understand is that when a person goes through a traumatic episode, especially when they've been abused lifelong, um, their ability to even see reality for what it is, is impaired. It's impeded. And as Jesus believers, we have good intentions on bringing them to Christ. But a lot of times, if you punch them in the face with Jesus first off, it's going to knock them back and it's actually going to be more traumatic than just taking them through a lifelong journey. And that's why I kind of stress that is that when we commit to um, giving the gospel to someone, mm -hmm. right? Essentially what you're saying is I'm committing to you lifelong because now you're my brother and sister. You're not just another number. You're not just a mark on the chalkboard. Uh, you're a life, you're a soul that has value, and I value you enough to give you Jesus, but I'm also going to value enough, and Brian, I know you're going to appreciate this, to mm. disciple you. Yes, amen. Mm. Right? So it's not just evangelism, mm. right? Evangelism is just a piece of the puzzle. Discipleship, ongoing, like what are you going to do when that student calls you up at 1230 at night and you're half asleep? and you don't want to talk, but they're in crisis mode, and they need you then, Yeah. right? Is it going to be inconvenient for you? Mm. And that's the heart of what we do as student ministers is that we live in inconvenience, mm -hmm. and we thrive in inconvenience. Say that one more time. I like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We, we live in inconvenience. Mm. That's so good. And if if a student texting you at a certain off hour is troubling enough, I don't know if youth ministry is really the route you want to go. Mm -hmm. Maybe another form of ministry might be, uh, you know, expedient for you, but student ministry, man, you've got to be on call because, and that's just a shape of the beast now because uh, now everything is digital. We have very little ability to minister one-on-one -on -one practically. So, you better be available. So that was kind of one thing. Another thing is this, and I just preached a message on Sunday, Brian, at my church, and I think you listened into the live stream. Um, I, I checked out a, a few, a uh, few of your comments. It was actually, it was, uh, it was good. It was great, man. A great. Uh, and what I'll do is I can post that link. In the, you can, you can post a, a link. Uh, or whatever, or share it with you on, uh, on, on when I post it on Facebook, if you want yeah. to share it. Yeah. Uh, what's that gentleman's name that you were with on Sunday? That was, that was another staff pastor. His name was Johnny Ferrara. Um, he was a student ministries pastor with me. He was handling our middle school ministry. Mm -hmm. um, but then he's now transitioned over to being our Trenton campus pastor, which mm -hmm. is in the state capital uh, of New Jersey. Um, and me and Johnny were having a, a discourse, a discussion on joy. And, uh, and a side note, too, guys, they had Chick-fil-A. 
We did. We did have it on stage. I was surprised by it, and I was glad to eat it. I thought it was maybe sacrilegious, though, to eat um, Chick-fil-A on a Sunday, but it's okay. I, I uh, indulged myself. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I'm bringing this up, Brian, is because you asked, what am I learning yeah, during this I COVID learned. season? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got pretty, uh, uh, tr- pretty transparent um, and pretty candid uh, with what I was struggling with. Um, and I was struggling with losing sight of the end goal. Um, everything that props us up in ministry during this time has been stripped away, right? Our services, our programs, um, our discipleship and mentoring things. Uh, right now I'm dealing with the loss of uh, three or four of our local Bible clubs uh, being shut down uh, because the next school year, they're not doing extracurricular activities. They're not doing club time. So uh, that's, you know, a larger group of my students who are kind of out on a limb, uh, but just not being able to be with my students, um, not being able to have those services, not being able to have those programs. I even started to doubt my call, Brian, like, was I called in the first place? And then I realized that my call came years and years and years before uh, my ministry ever developed, right? If you think about it, right, King David, was called and anointed to be king while he was in the fields taking care of dirty, stinky sheep, mm-hmm. right? But his, but his ministry, right, mm-hmm. didn't develop until later. Mm-hmm. He had many hills to climb, right? He still had to slay, the, you know, the giant Goliath. He still had to, uh, to you know, bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel. Like these, these things that David did his ministry developed after his call. So maybe somebody on here is um, struggling with their ministry currently. What I would encourage them to do is remember the time that you were first called. Like when did Jesus knock on the door of your heart and say, Hey, I got a plan for you, bro. Like, are you going to listen? Are you going to, are you going to submit to my calling? Remember that time. Remember when your heart was quickened by the power of the Holy spirit and, uh, and lean into those, those memories. Lean into that emotional attachment to, to God's calling. And remember that the call was there ever before the ministry developed. And uh, you're just walking out the ministry that God has planned for you. And look, no one has led through this challenge before. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid. Make mistakes. We all are. Amen. And if I could just uh, add on to that, as I was listening in, uh, you, you said his name was Johnny, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was listening in, guys, and I really enjoyed uh, that sermon or that little talk or the sermon from that last Sunday, but what Johnny and Matt were talking about is, you know, is joy. And what struck me and what was a nugget of truth for me was, you know, we find joy in the finished work of the cross of Christ. You know, that's what Johnny and Matt were talking about is finding that joy, not in circumstances, yeah. uh, but also too finding joy in what Christ has already done for us. So find joy in Christ not in, in your ministry or your, your circumstances, but as they were saying, John 15, you know, abide in the vine, you know, get in and be present with the vine, then he'll lead you. So that, that's some great encouragement there. That's some, I'm blessed by that word right there, man. And that's just a great segue into our next question. You already, you already uh, shared a little bit about your Bible clubs, uh, wins and some losses. You already mentioned uh, a loss of your Bible clubs and stuff like that, but Maybe you want to share a little bit more, but maybe some wins. 
Yeah. So some of the wins that our ministry is experiencing right now, and just me personally, mm-hmm. is uh, learning again the importance of like talking to people just to hear how they're doing. Like mm-hmm. no, no prerogative. Yeah. Right. No. Hey, can you come and serve tomorrow? Hey, can you be at this program next week? Hey, we got an event. Can you get there? Can you bring 10 friends? You know, none of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's really just like, Hey, tell me what's going on in your life. Um, mm-hmm. You going on vacation? How's your family doing? Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned that you had a grandma that was sick. Is she still okay? How's she doing? Can I pray for her? Um, you know, hey, you just graduated high school. You know, you just walked through the most traumatic time in human history. Um, are you going to college? You know, can I get you connected with someone who can get you a job this summer? Yeah. You know, literally no no prerogative whatsoever, Brian, just talking to kids and, mm-hmm. and people too and just saying, how are you doing? Just checking up. Um, the A lot of the um, the work that we do as as clergy, as ministers, as pastors is really just inspection right? Like we are inspecting the lives of people that we disciple uh, to see if um, anything that they say or do is off or, or praiseworthy, right? Maybe they're doing something that's amazing and no one has ever patted them on the back or said, you are awesome for doing what you're doing. Keep doing that thing. Like, I think as Christians, we're really good at being um, like, uh, the negative mm-hmm. fruit inspectors, but what about the positive fruit inspectors? It's like, wow, that's great fruit. You got the best fruit, you know, um, you know, keep, keep growing fruit, man. You know, and I think it's just our human nature. We tend to be pessimistic and we, we tend to be a, a little mean too. Um, mm-hmm. So as pastors, we should remember that uh, if we see something that's praiseworthy in our mm-hmm. students' lives or in our congregants' lives, like pat them on the back. Uh, we're bad encouragers, right? That's one of the gifts, mm-hmm. right? The gifts of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right? Why, don't, why don't we talk about that one? Uh, well, probably because we think it's too hard or we think it's, uh, yeah. man, I'm telling you, like, there, there, there's one guy, and I'm going to tell you about it. His name is Pastor Frank Jacobs, mm-hmm. right? He's a Jersey pastor here. I have no problem using his name. He's an older gentleman. Um, for no reason whatsoever, right? Every district event, um, I'm a minister with the Assemblies of God, and every district event that we have, he will seek me out just to talk to me and say, I'm proud of you. I love you. How you doing? You know, he's never asked anything of me. Never asked one thing of me, just encouraging. And I get tears thinking about him because he's such a good man. And we don't, we just, we don't encourage people like that anymore. And he's, he's got that gift. So it's like, uh, we should do a lot more of that and, and do a lot less of the, uh, um, the pruning, right. That hurts. Right. And, and leave that up to the Holy spirit. Obviously if there's a problem area, we'll want to dive into that with a student or a person, but, uh, you know, just encourage someone for five minutes and see how their life changes. Well, folks, just as we pause right now, um, we're going to do that. Uh, we're just going to say a few things right now that uh, if you're a youth pastor, maybe yeah. a volunteer, uh, don't give up, number one. Uh, and number two is this is that, hey, we're, 
we're guys here. We're, we're just going to say we're going to emphasize that what Matt just said about uh, that pastor. You know, hey, we're proud of you. Hey, we love you. We want to encourage you right now. And that's what we want to emphasize right there. We want to pat you on the back. And maybe you're just tuning in and viewing this for the first time right now. But continue to press in where you're at. Maybe if, if I'm like Matt, maybe you struggle with your, uh, your calling uh, in that. But you know what? We want to pat you on the back, give you a hand clap or whatever, a high five, you know, a virtual high five and say, you're doing a great job. We're proud of you. Uh, we love you. Uh, we support you. So we want to encourage you right there. And, and uh, you know, all the negativity that's going on, maybe you're in a, a hard situation right now, but you know what? We're here. Uh, maybe you haven't heard it from somebody yet, but again, we just want to reemphasize that we're proud of you uh, for your, your discipleship, for evangelism, for preaching uh, on Zoom or, you know, yeah. or even if you're a church that's meeting in person, you know, it, it can be messy. It can be tough. Uh, but just for the pause right now, we want to say, hey, we love you, we support you, we continue uh, to, to be that influence for your students or your college, uh, or if you're just a volunteer or even in the home, uh, minister to your home as well. Uh, because in, in, the, in the long run, in, in the long run, it's going to pay dividends uh, as well. So thanks, Matt. I really, I really appreciate that. That's blessing me right there uh, as well. So now we move to ministry moving forward. How yeah. would you see ministry moving forward? You kind of, uh, you kind of, uh, a little bit, you touched base on it, you know, with being creative in the Zoom calls and even with the school, you know, with Bible clubs, not having Bible clubs. Um, but anyway, I'm going to let you talk on that a little bit more. Yeah. And this is something that I'm, I'm continuously learning and getting used to. Mm -hmm. It's that the hype train, right, that everyone was on. Um, when youth groups were rocking weekly and, you know, um, you know, the worship experiences, the camp experiences, um, when everybody was on that hype train, it was easy to be a part of what God was doing. Um, but I think ministry going forward, that hype train has kind of been derailed and it's been replaced with another train. And this is, this is the hard part. Mm -hmm that that train is a lonely one mm -hmm. where a smaller group of dedicated people will be on mm -hmm. and it won't be the bells and whistles that we used to have. Mm -hmm. If one day it gets back to the smoke and lights and, and the, you know, the big concerts with, you know, a thousand kids in the room, like that's awesome. I'm, I'm down for the conference experience uh, but what I'm what I'm more attached to at the moment is the hope that I can sit down with a train car full of 12 kids and talk to them long term about their their relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, yes, Amen. And then develop like-minded leaders alongside me to take their train cars along for the ride. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is, like, I'm not the conductor of the train. Mm -hmm. Jesus is. Yeah. And here's the thing, Brian, mm -hmm. on the hype train, we are the conductor. Do you understand that? Yeah. Like, I hope that people are getting this illustration and analogy because it's really helped me. And uh, I started seeing this. I was like, you know what? Youth ministry as it was, that hype train was riding high and mm -hmm. I was the conductor of the ship. Everybody all on board, you know, we're going to a destination, mm -hmm. right? 
But now it's different because I want to be in the train car with the riders. I want to be in the train car with the riders. And you know what? I know that I can't get to the back of the train. So I got to train somebody else to be in the back of the train. I got to train someone else to be in the middle of the train. In the, in the car next to me, there's got to be another leader alongside me. So investing my life into a very few select group of people, mm. that's leaders, right? Who are going to disciple downwards, other students that I will never touch base with. And then discipling a group of students myself, mm. right? So I'm going to disciple leaders and I'm going to disciple students to become leaders. Amen. That's such a great, uh, great word. See, folks, you get to see his passion, his love for leadership, but also too for student ministry. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that analogy. Uh, we really need to focus on that analogy right there of just discipling and simplifying things. It's going to look, ministry is going to look a lot differently. It might not be the large crowds, folks. They'd be just sitting in with like six or 12 or maybe, maybe, 20 of, of maybe you had 100 youth, now you're down to 50. But just really influencing those uh, where you're at. Uh, so thanks, Matt. I appreciate that, man. So I'm going to give Matt an opportunity. We've He shared some powerful uh, words of encouragement. Uh, it's been a blessing for myself, folks. But I'm gonna, before he prays for us here, I want to give him an opportunity to um, to share a word maybe he has on his heart or maybe a verse uh, and then after that, he's going to pray. And then uh, if we have some time here at the end, I just want to uh, plug in, lead the generation uh, and what that's all about uh, for you guys to get plugged in and with some other uh, youth pastors that are out there, youth speakers that are just uh, tremendous, that are doing some amazing uh, things. But anyway, go ahead, Matt, fill us in, man, what, what's on your heart. You had many, many eyes uh, full of wisdom. I know you got some, something for us. For sure. Um first comes to thought is something I've been dealing with, like kind of in my devotions. And this has been a reoccurring thought that I've been dealing with. Um, Ecclesiastes three, right. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. There's a time for everything under the sun, right? A time to plant and a time to reap. There's a time to kill. There's a time to give birth. Uh, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. There's also a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That's Ecclesiastes 3.5. So this is something I've been dealing with, Brian, is that understanding that there's a time, right, where it's actually scriptural, biblical, to refrain from being physically involved. And that's against my normal disposition like one of the things i struggle with now is like just giving people a handshake or a high five or a hug like you can't do that anymore it's kind of deemed unacceptable or inappropriate or insensitive whatever you want to put on that yeah. and i've heard a lot of people say you know that that goes against my nature mm -hmm. right and i get that mm -hmm. but i'm gonna i'm gonna slide in there and, and offer a different possible interpretation. I think that refraining from embrace, as Ecclesiastes 3.5 says, is actually natural, number one. Number two, it's universal. We can see that even in, uh, you know, the cosmos, right? You see that sometimes the sun is not directly shining on us, right? 
we're in summer right now here in the Northeast, but in a few short months, that sun ain't going to be there, bro. We're going to get blasted with snow and, yeah. and cold, but it doesn't mean that the sun isn't still there. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it's not only natural, right? It's, it's universally modeled, but it's also God modeled, mm -hmm. right? There are times in our lives where God refrains, right? From embracing us. And this is, this is a struggle. I'm not saying that God will ever leave us mm -hmm. nor forsake us, but refraining from embrace does not mean that he's not there. Right? Mm -hmm. So in, in the Old Testament, we don't like looking at the Old Testament, right? We love looking at the New Testament. Give me Jesus. Forget everything else. But the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Isaiah, it actually says that I will refrain from blessing you. I will turn my face from you because of your sin. Now, I'm not saying that all of us are in sin, and that's why we're, we're dealing with that. But what I am saying is that there's seasons for everything under the sun, as Ecclesiastes says. And right now, we are in a season where God is, I believe, refraining from blessing certain things that took us off of the focus on him. Right? We've been focused on church growth. We've been focused on growing our programs. We've been focused on how to get more students in the seats, right? Uh, butts and seats, right? Butts and seats. We always hear that, you know, get butts and seats, but <laughs> it's not about that, man. It's not, it's, it's, it's about the, the life that is lived outside of the four walls of the church. Like, what are we doing about that? But right now we are actually physically enabled to embrace those students. We're physically enabled to embrace, but I would say that we need to embrace the inability to embrace things right now. So um, embrace that, like take that to heart. Say, you know what, this is just the lot that we're dealt with right now. We got to make the best of it while, uh, you know, there's still time. So I think this is just a season that the church is growing through mm -hmm. and, uh, we need to embrace the inability to embrace. Mm. Wow, that's a powerful, uh, powerful word for you guys. Uh, just to hear, I have really nothing to add to that because that's just, mind-blowing i'm still chewing on that what he said so <laughs> me too i'm still working through it yeah it's just a great uh, great word of in the season that we're in um just to embrace you know just to see what god is doing in us and through us and uh just enjoying where we're at you know so uh thanks man and uh, i'm gonna let matt uh, i want to let matt pray for you guys and then uh, i'm just going to give an opportunity to share a little bit about, you know, lead the generation and what that's all about. Sure. Just, just to share about that. God, I pray right now for everyone who's listening. I pray specifically for those who are struggling with their call. Um, Lord, I think that's where this conversation is, is, is focusing. And I want to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. If there's someone listening to this, this Zoom call right now and they're saying, you know what, I'm ready to give up. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm called anymore. Remind them of the time you first knocked on the door of their heart and spurred them to, to do something big for your kingdom. Remind them it's the small things that mount up to the big things. And Lord, for a heavy heart who might be listening to this, who's struggling emotionally or mentally, maybe they're at their wits end, they're thinking about harming themselves or, or ending their own life, remind them that the plans that you have for them are much bigger than the moment and that the joy that they have access to is not circumstantial. 
God, remind them that you are available to them if they would call on you. The mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray all things in that name, in Jesus' name, right? The marvelous, matchless, miracle-working name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, there you have it, folks. And uh, just what an encouragement this was for uh, myself, Matt. So I appreciate you again jumping on it for, for you viewers. Uh, I, I believe that you guys are going to be ministered to and uh, you're going to be encouraged uh, not to give up. Uh, and really just taking what Matt said uh, through his powerful uh, wisdom and just his maturity. I love this dude, man, getting to know him through Lead the Generation. That's where we want to uh, pause, and I want to give uh, Matt an opportunity. To, and just I just uh, feel uh, the need to just plug Lead the Generation because even for myself, uh, did a, uh, my wife uh, signed me up for uh, Lead the Generation. We were, again, as Matt shared in the beginning, uh, we were supposed to uh, go to Pittsburgh, PA, uh, to do uh, lead the generation. We were gonna. He was setting up a booth, and uh, but since COVID uh, hit, uh, we did it online, and uh, you know took the opportunity from work uh, as I got home to listen to some of these guys and girls speak. And uh, what a unique opportunity that they had to do this in Pittsburgh, PA, through online. Yeah, the blessing. Uh, to hear uh, their hearts and their minds and in and, and, and creative ways, whether we got to see them in a, I got to see uh, this one guy in a, in a vehicle, uh, Pastor Micah uh, Donald, I believe. Uh, I got to hear Aaron, got to hear a lot of other guys. Uh, and uh, so I was just encouraged uh, by their obedience and to have this uh, conference. But anyway, I was able to jump on uh, six weeks, seven weeks uh, of just with Matt and with Aaron and a couple other girls and guys that we talked with uh, ministry. So it's been a blessing, but I don't want to do all the talking. I want to let Matt um, talk about lead the generation and any info that uh, you might have you, uh, as I post this, he might share a link, but he's going to share the link too of his sermon. And uh, so you guys can be blessed about finding joy, but uh, go ahead, man. Amen. So, uh, Lead a Generation is a great organization that I have the ability to partner with. Um, I'm not the director of it. Aaron Holt, uh, a great friend of mine, amazing pastor, student ministry um, guru, um, someone I love and respect uh, beyond the walls of Lead the Generation. Uh, it was his idea to, um, to create really a larger network of people uh, who love youth, love students, love seeing the next generation succeed, but also an ongoing means of, of discipling, connecting, iron sharpens iron uh, for everybody involved. And um, Lead a Generation started as a conference, continued as a movement, and turned into something wholly different. And uh, it's amazing. You're a part of that. And uh, I get the opportunity, um, like Brian said, to coach different groups of youth pastors all around the country. And um, if you're interested in an ongoing year-long process to be coached in, um, Brian, we're getting ready to kick off our new group. You're a part of a, a six-week session with me, and um, you're making the stay. So I'm excited for that, as well as other people from our group. But if you're interested in getting coached, um, and not just getting coached, um, but getting alongside of other like-minded individuals who share some of the same struggles, who can encourage you, can resource you uh, with what they're doing. Um, be a part of what uh, Lead the Generation Mastermind Coaching is all about. You can go to leadthegeneration.com 
Again, that's leadthegeneration.com, and you can see all of the Lead the Generation material, uh, but also you can look at the Mastermind Coaching. And um, if you're interested in joining our group or my group, uh, you can do that and just uh, request me in that information box. Again, that's www.leadthegeneration.com. We'll post the link in uh, the chat after this video post. Um, but you get access to hundreds of hours of conference material from the past five years. Uh, that's all of our main sessions, all of our workshop sessions from incredibly brilliant minds in student ministry from every facet of ministry, whether that's the production and media end to the preaching and teaching end to the nuts and bolts of handling volunteers and students and parents. All of that is available to you as well as uh, teachable sessions. We have, I think, uh, 11 different sessions that will walk you through different things to invest and to sharpen your skills as a youth pastor, youth ministry, whether you're a volunteer uh, or you are a full-time or part-time bivocational, it does not matter. Mastermind is for you as well as you get access to those monthly coaching calls, which is where me and Brian uh, have learned to, to, to grow in love with one another and to, uh, to brotherly sharpen iron with each other and uh, to encourage one another and develop our relationship. So especially if you're feeling like you're out on a limb right now, Brian, I think one of the best things you can do is to connect with other people who are like-minded. Mm -hmm. And you can do that through Mastermind. That's available to you. Um, so that's really it about Lead the Generation. Again, www.leadthegeneration.com for all of that information and much more. All right, guys. Well, be blessed, be encouraged, and again, uh, thanks, Matt, for jumping on. We appreciate you. Got it, and, uh, we'll have to have him on again to see what he's learning during the fall here. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, you guys have a great Friday, and uh, be on the lookout for this video either today or tomorrow. And uh, until next time, hey, we love you, we support you, and uh, God bless. God bless.